Women Taking the Lead, Episode 44. To be a good leader, you have to tap into the beauty of each person, what they bring to the table. And in order to do that, we have to teach people to first lead themselves. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Jody Rodenbaugh, who is a love agent with a unique triangulation of a tragic personal story, captivating professional knowledge, and a passion for increasing the life of others by empowering their love stories. She has over 20 years of professional study in human behavior and relationships, a master's degree in diversity education, and is a certified professional coach and has a gift of seeing what you cannot see yourself. Okay, Jody, that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Hmm. Hi, Jody. <laughs> I love your podcast um, voice too. It's very, it's very leadership like. <laughs> so here's the thing, Jody. Um, when I help people create the love and the life that they want, I can't accomplish it without helping them reach back into their humble beginnings. So I love that you start here. For me, I call these humble beginnings, as you say, the call. And for many professionals, they think that the call is this this place where they first decide or prepare for the kind of career that they're choosing. Like they think that's that's the end all be all is the career, like that is the life. But in my world, people come to me when they want more, right? Like they, they're at this place where they don't quite feel fulfilled anymore, or they have climbed up to the top of the ladder and they, they realize something is still missing. And when this is the deal, like we can't help but look back before we move forward. So in order to get the call, I have to take clients way back into childhood. And even if they, even if they're like, Jody, like I've done all this work, I don't need to go back there. I, even if they've been in years of therapy, they've done massive amounts of work possibly, you know, just because we survived childhood doesn't mean that it was all that great, but we go back for a specific purpose and that's to connect to their current reality in relationships, because the bottom line is everything in your life comes back to relationships. So most of the time, the call is somewhere before the age of seven, because that's where we have this complete open mind and only the subconscious mind is available to us. We don't have a conscious mind until we're seven years old. But for me and all the self-research that I've done on myself, My humble beginnings go all the way back to the call that I had when I was only two days old. And it was a time when here I am, just a brand new little baby, and my mom had severe postpartum depression. In her mind, she thought the best way not to harm me was to drug herself. 
And she literally passed out. My dad coming home from work, finding me, a newborn baby, laying there completely tired from having cried all day. And my mom passed out. So at that time in my life that I was called into what I say, my love story. And everybody gets that calling into their love story. And not everybody can go back as far as their birth story. And that took some interviewing with my parents and um, really wanting to know, you know, why I had these certain, this certain type of relationship with my mother and why I had these um, feelings with my father, like where all of this came from. Because honestly, Jody, like we can't have a successful relationship unless we know about those relationships, because those relationships were what molded us into the people that we are. You know, what's really interesting, Jody, is I've actually done a leadership training where they talk about how your parents, whether they're alive or not, whether your biological parents who raised you or not, mm-hmm. you know, your step parents, whoever your parent figures are in your life, present or not, mm-hmm. that those are the relationships that source the rest of your life. Exactly, exactly. And how we view the women in our life, our mother, is how we internalize ourselves. And it's the subconscious self. It's not the conscious self. And so we will accidentally, and I say accidentally because it's not our intention, create the same mistakes that our mother made unless we consciously break her rules, right? We attach to someone that is that like our father. And it all depends on what those inner makings are of those stories. So for me, what, what my humble beginning was and what my call was is this, you know, I, I didn't have a rational mind yet, a conscious mind where I was able to create my own story. But it was this feeling as a newborn baby of not getting my needs met, that emotional feeling within your body that said, this is not congruent. Something is off here. And I had a feeling of being unlovable or abandoned. And so that was the moment where I was called into this story, this love story of unlovable. And and then everything thereafter, my subconscious mind was trying to prove to keep me there in the unlovable. My parents divorced right after my eighth birthday, and my dad left and got into the drug scene of the early 80s, um, you know, many times putting my sister and I in danger. And although my parents were actually very loving people that truly did love me as much as they as much as they possibly could as much as they could love themselves right they weren't leading themselves in a way that was how i lead which is to increase life right and so my my childhood experience were experiences were always trying to prove that i was unlovable although not conscious of that so you know, I had sexual experiences at a very young age to try to prove that. Um, and, you know, this is what our mind does. It, 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 it proves what we don't want in our lives. Like, I wanted to be lovable. I wanted to people to like me and to love me. Like, that was my deepest core desire. But my mind wouldn't allow me to do that. That in came the search of finding the perfect man. And the perfect man, you know, I made 
a very early decision because I was at the cusp. My, you know, we, we get a conscious mind at age seven and my parents divorce at age eight. So I made this at a young age. Like I, I was on fire girl. Like I am not under any circumstances going to ever create a relationship like my parents whatsoever, regardless of how good of a people they are. Like I'm not doing it. So you know, I made a very big intention and that meant that I required a man who was loving, who was connected as a man, who could lead himself into more life. You know, to me, that was what a good father was. And a good daddy is someone who, who loves you, who adores you, who connects with you. Right. So at the age of 24, after many, many heartbreaks, I found him and I married him four years later. And that was where, you know, I became like, I got this right. I got it. I won. That is so awesome. And I, I know a lot of the rest of your story, but I'm sure that's going to be woven through the rest of the interview. And I know where you are in life right now. You have, come a long way and you've achieved a lot of success. You are a brilliant woman doing incredible things out in the world, but take us back to another time in your life where, you know, you talked about your teenage years and Mm -hmm. your sexual experiences and Mm -hmm. those were totally playing small moments, but take us to another time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Yeah. So those times during teenage years, those are times where you're, you're, you're just searching still. You're not really figuring it out. You don't have quite yet have enough adult experience to really understand. But the time where I, where I really caught myself playing small was in the cycle of life that I, I think is more scary than any other time. And that's a place of plateau. It's a place where we get really comfortable and we kind of sit back in that comfort. It was a place for me that I I pretty much lost myself as a woman and as a leader of myself, you know, it was a time right after I had my second child, I was, I was really trying to, to BS myself because I was growing in my career. I had just took a leadership position in my career, but at home I was sinking into the discomfort of this, of this comfort zone, right? Like I wasn't feeling or looking my sexiest at all. And granted, I, you know, I had two children, but that is not a freaking excuse that, that we should hold on to. That's just, well, an excuse, (laughs) but I felt completely disconnected to my husband and I truly did want to connect with him because, you know, that was, that was my whole intention. Like I was not going to allow myself to have the kind of experience that my parents did. I was going to break the pattern. I was going to break the cycle. And I would have these visions, like literally Jody, I would imagine connecting with him more. And I would, I would literally fantasize about jumping into his arms when he walked through the door at night. Like this is my husband we're talking about. And I could not get vulnerable enough to open up to my husband enough to simply jump in his arms at night. Then he kind of figured me out and he told me that I needed to get some help. And there was something that I had to change because we couldn't go on like that. And by this time I had been studying human 
you know, behavior and relationships and, and my career and just in my personal life, it was like, it was kind of like my hobby and, um, still is and creating a desired life, you know, for, for like 15 years or so. And so I, I really had no other choice but to agree with him because I was already looking at myself in the mirror going, what is wrong with you? Yet I refused to go to therapy. I just refused to because I didn't feel flawed. You know, I knew it was just something that I wasn't seeing. I had gotten this far. Like I wasn't flawed. I didn't feel like I needed um, a therapy. So I just did the work. And I did what I was teaching children at that time in my career. And I reconnected with myself. And that allowed me to reconnect with my husband. And finally, I was beginning to enjoy again this life that we were creating. But sometimes, you know, I would slip back into not listening because here's the deal. Like, there's this voice that comes from the inside of us and that's our calling. And it's, it's continually calling us forward, right? Like it's, it's like a movie from inside. And all we really have to do is step into that. And the whole time it was leaving me clues, but I wasn't listening. Now, some people can't even hear that voice. And, and that's part of the reason why they get to a place where they are. But for me, I actually heard that voice. My experiences through childhood and, and the trauma that I dealt with as a kid allowed me to be able to hear that voice. So I would hear this voice saying, like literally, reach out for his hand. Stop giving a cold shoulder. Let it go, Jody. Take care of yourself. I'm hearing smile. Why are you so mad? Just smile. Choose happy. Like that's it. it. Very simple things that my subconscious mind wouldn't allow me to do because my child's experiences told me, you know, told my told my mind that that was that was bad and wrong to open up to people. That was bad and wrong to be vulnerable in front of people. And this was my husband. So it was this back and forth thing, um, you know, this inner game between my head and my heart. And I, I really didn't know which one to listen to. Mm, so when you were saying how you, you know, what got you past that playing small was reconnecting with yourself, you're referring to actually listening to and taking the advice of that voice inside of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Now, Jody, share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. So the wake-up call was November 11th of 2008, and it was 8.30 in the morning, and my phone rang. My phone rang as I pulled into um, the parking lot at work, and I was gearing myself up for a presentation that I was doing and my thoughts were completely in my head and I pick up the phone, say hello. And I hear, is this Mrs. Rodenbaugh? And I say, you know, it is, we have your husband here. You see, my husband had left the house early that morning for a routine shoulder surgery and my father-in-law took him so that I could go to work and do this presentation and then I hear, um, we have your husband here for his surgery, and he is coded on the table. 
And it was in that moment, you know, Jody, like, like you hear in the movies where you, you hear this like, and it was like in that instant that I knew that our lives would change forever. And he actually died later that day. They worked really hard to bring him back. He was only 37 and I was 36 pregnant with our third child. And to say I woke up is a complete understatement because in, it was it was in that very instant that um, I knew what unconditional love was. I knew what unconditional love felt like. And I suddenly got, like I got our wedding vows. And although it sounds completely crazy, I know, um, I felt peace for the first time because what I instinctively tapped into was the years of intellectual knowledge that I had acquired that I was now able to implement, like truly implement into my soul and gratitude became my number one focus that brought me out of that scary, dark, heart-crushing place I was in. It sounds even crazier, but, you know, what I learned out of this darkness was that I was lovable. I had just lost my husband, yet I truly had never felt so much love. And I had this entire life collectively, and I absolutely refused to make my kids one of those negative statistics of an absent father, you know. And in order to accomplish that, the number one thing I've had to own is that I am lovable. And people still may not like me. But I am lovable, you know, and that is um, that is the thing for me. And a lot of people, a lot of people have that core belief. And so we will we will bring these things into our lives that that are the result of that that belief. You know, I've made many mistakes over the past six years since he died. Um, But my story is still an incredible love story. And I'm just writing my second book now, you know, screw the second chapter. Like people, people say I'm chapter two, it's time for chapter two, but I'm on my, I'm on my a whole new book right now. Mm. And Jody, what were some of the steps that you took? You went from just devastation that your husband was gone and you talked about being able to implement all of the things that you knew conceptually, but you were actually able to put them into practice. What were like two or three of those things that you did that helped you get from that place to where you are now? Well, first of all, it was, it was the gratitude. Um, I practiced gratitude and appreciation and this wasn't a conscious decision, Jody. Like I didn't go, Oh, I need to do gratitudes and, and appreciation. Like I just heard the voice and followed it. Right. Like I couldn't even make toast at that point. Right. So if I didn't hear this voice inside, then, then I was screwed. And so are my kids. So I had no other choice if I was choosing to live, but gratitude. And I also, um, I also did meditation. I was, um, 
15 weeks pregnant with our third child. And my husband was accidentally killed um, with anesthesia uh, during a routine rotator block. So I wasn't going to do an epidural. I had had an epidural with my first two kids. So I chose to have a natural birth with my third child. And I practiced meditation and self-hypnosis for that um, and did work that is called fear cleansing through that meditation and actually taught myself how to, well, give myself anesthesia through, through my mind. Wow. That's huge. And I'm sure your clients are the (laughs) great benefactors of all that you've learned in that experience. And this is a great segue because what I want everyone to get is there is no one way to lead. And you're telling a unique story, Jody, and you know, you have a unique perspective on the world. And I love that because we're all different. We're all going to lead differently. So Jody, how would you describe your leadership style? You know, I was a teacher for 16 years and then became a professional development leader in the areas of STEM within my career and now doing what I do. And the the commonality between all of those from, from children on up to adults is that to be a good leader, you have to tap into the beauty of each person, what they bring to the table. And in order to do that, we have to teach people to first lead themselves And in order to be a good leader, you have to learn how to lead yourself. If you're not leading yourself, then who's going to listen to you? And, you know, I tell myself the truth. I listen to that voice inside my chest, not the one in my head. And I allow it to lead me to where we're going next. You know, I I let myself have my desires I let myself have my desires. You know, the verb definition for a widow, I tell this to people. um, The verb definition of a widow is to deprive yourself of something of value. So when I really dig into that definition, to deprive yourself of something of value, there's no greater value than love, right? And connection. And when, when I see people that are depriving themselves of that they're, they're acting like a widow, you know, that's the definition of a widow. And so when I look at people, I see widows walking everywhere. You know, I, I see people just like the walking dead because they're not loving and connecting with, with, and telling the truth basically. So, you know, the other thing is that people get hung up on this thing called responsibility and so did I. I mean, that was one of the things I, I had with my, my father was that he wasn't responsible. You know, he put us in danger. And responsibility is simply the ability to respond to more life. So whenever somebody is in this back and forth trying to make a decision, the decision is in, is it going to bring me more life? Then it's my responsibility to step into it. If it's not going to bring me more life, then let it go. So then, you know, the bottom line for me is, and, and, and my true mission is to lead children. And, you know, regardless of if you're a parent or not, and I know you have um, nieces and nephews, and so we're all leading somebody, you know. It, it drives me insane when people think that 
their career label or title means that they're a leader. Everybody's a leader. So you're really BSing yourself if you're just looking for the title. But I have to lead my children. And that was the first thing that I tapped into. That's what woke me up that day was that I have three children. I have to lead them. I'm not going to be the little, the the mother hen or the chick or whatever that has the little chickies running after. <laughs> I, I, I was going to lead my little chicks. Like they weren't going to be running up ahead of me and me coming behind them going, Oh, where are we going? You know, like I'm their leader. I have to, I have to take in, in um, ownership of that. And so I come from this belief that, um, again, that when everyone is truly acting on this internal voice through the eyes of love, that we all have a little something different to contribute to a team or to a partnership. And then, you know, maybe even the world. Jody, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? So I'm creating a leadership program for not only individuals, but organizations called Soul Genius Academy. And um, within it is a process called Choose Love. And it's for those who want to live a legacy, not leave a legacy, but actually live a legacy based on value rather than accomplishment. And, um, you know, like I said, it's a universal program for both individuals, um, also for couples. I work with couples and business leaders who want to, you know, ultimately be their best selves and understand that this is the, this is what empowers others. Mm, I love that concept, living a legacy. It really brings a whole different, um, energy and intensity and also like a little bit of lightness to the work that we're doing, you know, when we we're living from that place. Okay, Jody. now I'm going to do quick leadership roundup. So looking for some quick answers. What is one practice that makes you a better leader? Absolutely. 100% gratitude daily, hourly, Mm. momently. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Always. Gratitude. Always. 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 (laughs) I love that. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? I would say, um, I thought it was just me, but it isn't by Brene Brene Brown. I love that book. Mm -hmm. She's hilarious too. Awesome. Love her. What I love about Brene Brown is she lives her, her mission where she just completely makes herself vulnerable over and over again, even though you can tell it's freaking her out at the same time, she just keeps doing it. And I love that about her. So, yep. All right, Jody. knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? (laughs) Just that I would let vulnerability win. And um, I would have gotten naked in, in, not in the literal sense, but in in the figurative sense with my husband, you know, vulnerability is just stripping yourself absolutely naked, vulnerable out there for everybody to see. And that is a thing that, um, that I would have done differently with my husband. Mm. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. So I live by, you know, I made three promises to my husband and, um, they can come down to three words, live, love, and lead. And living means, you know, letting go of anything that keeps you from growing. That's it. Loving like you've never known love before and really accepting that love in return. 
And then leading yourself into your dreams, leading yourself into your dreams. And, and then finally, uh, teaching your children through your own example. Oh, I love that. And I know from past conversations that we've had, those were the three promises you made to your husband after he died. So energetically to his spirit, you promised the, him the life you were going to lead. Yep. He, he lived his legacy. He lived it. Yeah. From what you told me, he lived a very full, robust life. He did. He did. <laughs> All right, Jody. Lastly, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? You can connect with me at thechieflifestyleagent.com. And I have a love map. It is the first step to having the love life you desire. You can sign up for that on my webpage, thechieflifestyle.com. And always, oh, I'm open to emails. I do answer all my own emails, believe it or not. <laughs> I love that. And what I've loved about websites, and I've been telling people this, is like, go to the website and you find all the social media platforms yep. that you prefer. You can you can connect with people right there. So yep. you can also find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Jody, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me and here's to your success.